Father in heaven, I want to thank you that we can meet together today, and uh, that's quite literal because of COVID. We've had some restrictions, and uh, this is an opportunity we cherish. We pray that you will bless our time together, that you will teach us in uh, this seminar what we need to know to be able to serve you in the uh, capacity you've given to us to, to serve. So, Father, may your Holy Spirit guide this class and our conversation in Jesus' name. Amen. The advantage of a small class is that uh, it's easier for us to actually to be able to have a dialogue along the way and uh, give you a chance to ask questions and share some of those things. Are all three of you elders? So you're all elders? Okay, that's great. And um, that makes a difference. Now, I'm going to do two things in this class. Yeah, no, I understand. And that's... Which is, why, which is why I do this class, because I believe it's very important. And there's two kinds of trainings that you don't get. When you, when you get just the book, what you don't get is what, I should, there's two kinds of trainings that you get. One of the trainings you get is a lack of it. The other is the training you get that is just what you've been doing. And the trouble is, most of our churches, the elders have just been doing what they do. And there's the church manual and the handbook and the Bible make it clear what elders should be doing, but that's not what's happening because the training we get is cultural training, and this is what we expect of you, which is be on the platform on Sabbath morning, and that's what we need you to do, and as long as you do that, everybody's happy. So anyway, we're going to... We're going to talk, yeah, we're going to talk about that today. So I've given you a handout, which is the, is the slides that you will see up on the screen. There's a place for you to take some notes along the way. And um, I'm going to kind of lay out what we're going to talk about. Now, what I want you to know is that according to the handout, which is, I wrote it, and it's accurate, but I want you to understand what's, what I didn't say in there is that an elder especially really needs to take all five of the classes I have this week. And the reason for that is because you are responsible for leading the church in all capacities. And I'll make that real clear in just a few moments. So even though Wednesday and Thursday are talking to deacons and deaconesses, guess who gets to teach the deacons and deaconesses in your church that aren't here? You do. I know you thought it was the pastor, but it's you. And uh, what we're going to do on Friday, what I'm uh, going to do in this class on Friday is talking about managing the issues that are current in our world today and how we as leaders of the church are to do that and to, uh, to help our churches with that. But today and tomorrow, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to today talk about the basic job description of what you, do as, what you are to do as leaders in the church. Would you mind just pulling that door closed for me? That way we're not competing. I'm not competing with my wife across the hall. <laughs> and uh, just, just, you don't have to close it all the way, but just a little bit. That's great. Yeah, that's good. Now, I just don't want to disturb her or have her, um, her noise competing with my, my noise. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the basic job description of being an elder, but within the context of really understanding what that job description is. 
And tomorrow, I'm going to take it to the next level. The next level we're going to talk about is where God is really taking His church today in relationship to leadership. And, uh, and that basically is going back to the Bible. And I'll explain a little bit of that before we go on. In essence, it is what is talked about in, um, in this book, Let, Our, Let My Pastors Go by Wes MacDonald. And he's on the campground and he's teaching another class. And, but I'm going to share some of that here. And I'm really excited to uh, share with you, Chet, you got to see a little bit of what I was, had up on the screen. But Elder Peppers and I, even though we happen to be leaving Michigan, we just completed a, a series of videos that uh, are available to you to use for yourself as well as for your other elders and your other leaders in your church. And you can go back and train them, and the, and the videos will help you with that process. Welcome. No, in, in a sense, but no one. It's, it's a, that's the danger. It's in the same room. <laughs> and it's the same person. But we, I'm just explaining, we're taking this to a whole other level. Um, today, because I often have elders that haven't had experience or have had experience but no training, I give the basic training today, but tomorrow I'm taking it to a new level. And we are, um, we prepared some materials uh, in video that will be available. You'll be able to go online. You'll be able to take those videos and just share them with your, to refresh your own memory. Or in some cases, because I can't do the whole thing here, the videos probably take three or four hours. And so we, we won't be able to do all that here but I will, you will be able to take it back, watch it yourself. And then I'm also going to show you where there are some other videos that give you even the basic material that, that I'm not covering here. So I'll explain all that as we go through today. Now, you all have a handout with, uh, with us here. Um, how many of you do not have a handbook at home or have an old one? Okay. Chet, do you have a, one of the new ones? Um, I'll take it. I have one of Yeah. Take, take two of them and pass the other one down what year there. Um, I think I gave this out. I gave this out two years ago. Okay. Yeah, I think you did. Okay. All right. Now let's. Uh, I'm going to go to the screen, and I'm going to share some of the things. So here are some of the uh, the target. I should say was what I basically been saying to you. We want to clarify the role of elders in the local church. And we want to identify the mission critical tasks for elders. Come on in. Do I do you have a I do have one. Do you have one? Okay. Yeah, good, no worries. Just making sure that people have it. I got a another book or two here I want to make sure that you have today and uh, and be able to look at. Um, so we're I'm just clarifying the role today. I am talking about some of the what I call mission-critical um, activities and responsibilities in, of the elder. And then I want to uh, give you a, a bunch of resources as well. And as I said earlier, then tomorrow I want to share with you taking this to the next level. And I'm going to, if time will allow us, I'm going to introduce a little bit of that to you today and uh, give us some direction where we're going tomorrow. Now, there are some resources that are very important. Obviously, the Word of God is critical here. There are some things I'm not doing today 
I'm not giving you just all the fundamentals because I've been doing this class for a number of years and most people either have access to the fundamentals and, and I mean, for example, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. You have access to that. So I'm not going over the qualifications. I'm not doing that today because I'm assuming as an elder, you at least have been exposed to that, okay? And that you have some understanding of what, uh, what that is. I'm not taking the time to do that because in the little bit of time we have, I want to emphasize mission critical uh, events and where we need to go in order to see God's work advance. Um, the spirit of prophecy is very critical to what we are uh, talking about. We have a church manual. How many of you don't have a church manual? The latest one from 2015. If you don't have the most recent one, hold your hand up because I happen to have a few here. And uh, I want to make sure you do have these. These are important. And the changes that get here, even though sometimes they're minor, they're still very important. A reminder, the qualifications of an elder are given by Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 3. And we, the basic fundamental is that every elder is a disciple of Jesus. If you're not a disciple of Jesus, you are not qualified to be an elder, which means that you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you've given him your, your heart and your soul, and you want to serve him. But you also now are given... More than that, you're given a responsibility to lead other people to be disciples. But a disciple has to be active themselves before they can teach other people how to be active disciples. And I could spend a lot of time talking about that today. I'm, I'm not going to take the time on that, but that's very critical. Peter said, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready." ready of a ready mind. This is the way I translate that into our society today. Some people don't want to be an elder. They just don't want to do it. They don't want to take the time. They don't want to put the energy in, whatever. And you almost have to force a person to go into a leadership role. But Peter says we need to do it, we need to do it willingly. And you know, it's okay to be hesitant because I, you know, Lord, am I really qualified to do this? But if the church is asking us to do it and we literally have the ability to make the time to do it, then we need to say, okay, Lord, I'm willing to be used in whatever way you want me to be used. Okay? We're not qualified, but he is. And if he calls us, he qualifies us. And he provides that for us. It goes back to the qualifications. They recognize the high calling. And I'm glad for that. I'm actually glad for that because that individual didn't recognize or did recognize the high calling and didn't want to uh, bring dishonor to that calling and realize that now they're willing to do that, that's fantastic. There's a second aspect to this. You know, we sometimes think of filthy lucre as having to do with money and whether an individual is willing to, uh, you know, they want to be an elder just because they get prestige. Sometimes that's true even today. Well, I get power, I get authority in the church, I want to be in control. And to me, that's obviously not a reason for that. It's a readiness to serve the Lord and to be a part of that. Ellen White says, just as soon as a church is organized, let the minister set the members at work. They will need to be taught how to labor successfully. Let the minister devote more of his time to educating than preaching. 
Let them teach the people how to give others the knowledge they have received, while the new converts should be taught to ask counsel from those more experienced in the work, they should also be taught not to put the minister in the place of God. There is a lot of teaching in that paragraph. I want to highlight a couple of pieces as we move ahead. The first is, and a church is organized, the minister's job is to put the members to work. We have placed a burden on pastors that's neither biblical nor supported by the spirit of prophecy and is not good for the health of the church. The responsibility we put on the, on the pastor is the job of doing everything and almost making them feel guilty if they really suggest that we should do some work or that members in the church should be active. Why, that's your job to give Bible studies. Why, that's your job to visit the members. Why, that's your job to preach on Sabbath morning. That, that's your job to do this, to do that, to do the other thing. All of those things are what gets projected on the pastor. Ellen White says, as the Bible says, that the Bible, that the elder of the church or the pastor of the church's job is to make work for the members. And so we should go to our pastor and say, you're not making enough work for the members. And if the pastor falls over and faints and all that kind of thing, make sure that you encourage them. Hi, by the way. So uh, they uh, have this whole issue that needs to be identified. We need to identify what the role of the pastor is. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you one more paragraph, then I'm going to ask you a question on the screen. Ellen White said, the elders and those who have leading places in the church should give more thought to their plans for conducting the work. They should arrange matters so that every member of the church shall have a part to act, that none may lead an aimless life, but that all may accomplish what they can according to their several ability. Now I want you to notice what it says at the top. The elders and those who have leading places in the church should give more thought to their plans for conducting the work. Do not translate that as elders ordained to the gospel ministry. Now, when we had our ordination service on Sabbath, yes, this is Monday, right? <laughs> Two days ago, um, one of the things I did is I introduced the pastors, these new pastors, as elder so-and-so. But that is not to be defined here as the sole person who is an elder in the local church. Ellen White here is talking to those who are leading the church. Elders are appointed for the work of leading the church. So I'm going to ask you, give you a series of statements here, and I want you to be asking this question in your mind, whose job is it? And I'm going to, we're going to come to the conclusion here in a moment, but here it is. Whose job is it to chair the board and the business meetings? Whose job is it to conduct funerals? Whose job is it to participate in weddings, sermonette, prayer, blessing? Whose job is it to conduct baptisms? Whose job is it to oversee all the church departments? Whose job is it to oversee and participate in the mission outreach of the church? Whose job is it to oversee visitation and participate in the care of members and visitors? Whose job is it to lead in the services of the church? Whose job is it? Well, I thought 
Okay, but let me let me ask a question. Who? Yeah, but whose job is that up there that I put up there? All right. So here's what we're here's what we're doing. What I've read from you is almost directly out of the church manual, and it's the job description of the elder of the local church, not the pastor. I'm going to back up and show you that I was very careful about the way I worded it, because. Uh, is it the pastor or the elder? It's according to the church manual. It's the pastor. And um, let me show you what, how I worded that so that you understand. This is the part that I'm especially going to place emphasis on tomorrow. And what I said at the beginning is I want to take this to the next step in, or the next level in what we talk about tomorrow. And that is because the manual and the Bible are very clear that the role of the elder is to lead that church without the pastor being there. And this is very hard for people to understand. And, and to summarize it, it's because the pastor's job is to evangelize. Okay? But as we saw in the earlier statement, Ellen White says as soon as a church is organized, the minister needs to train the members how to do this work. In essence, what we have been doing for the last 50 years is failing to train our leaders the way we're supposed to. And we've been training them the way we're not supposed to. We've been training them to not do the work that they're supposed to, but to let the pastor do that work. That's what we've been doing. So we've got to stay where God wants us to. And I'll explain it as we go through this. Yes? What does it mean to participate more? I'll explain that. It's a very good question. I want to make that clear. And I worded it that way on purpose. So let me tell you what the head elder of the local church can do according to the church manual. The head elder can chair the board and the business meetings. All right? Now... I'm going to explain this as we get a little farther. Just stay with me. I want you, first of all, see that the elder can do this. I want you to also understand, though, that the elder doesn't have to do this. There's a difference between can, in other words, has the authority to do it, and has to do it. The has to do it is in relationship to the need that the church has at the time or the way the church is functioning. So the, the elder can chair the church board and the business meetings, can conduct funerals, don't have to be an ordained minister to conduct a funeral, can participate in weddings. That is the key word, actually, is participate. There's only one thing you cannot do as an elder in your local church in, when it comes to weddings, is you cannot pronounce those the couple husband and wife. You do not have the legal authority to be able to do that. Well, if you had a license to be able to do that, but the Seventh-day Adventist Church does not generally recognize people. Now, there's a, there are, you can go online today and you can get a license from the Universal Church to marry people, okay? But I will tell you, if anybody ever questioned us, we would say, no, they didn't have any authority from the Seventh-day Adventist Church to do that. They did that on their own volition, and legally, ironically, legally in the state of Michigan, you can do that. Now, that's not always been true, um, and that's a whole other story, but just don't get yourself caught in that, because that's not 
That's not an appropriate task. But what you can do is this. You can do anything in the wedding except that, which is the sermonette, the prayer, and the blessing. Some of us who've been, uh, who were not in ministry yet or uh, have done this, Elder Pepper has told me, he says, look, before I was even in ministry yet, I did all of those for a, a couple that I was friends with, and I had an ordained minister standing next to me, and when it came to the time to pronounce them husband and wife, then the minister did that. So, and the church manual does make this clear. Okay, a couple comments, and then I'll go on. Just Yes, if, yeah, well, there's, one, there's one exception, which is a legal exception. The one exception is that if a minister is ordained, is not ordained, but is assigned to a local church, um, we have a lot of unordained ministers, for example. Um, you're at, yeah, Garrett's your pastor, right? He's not ordained yet. So he is a, but he is authorized because he is assigned to your church. And so therefore he is able to do a wedding in your church. He can legally do that because we recognize that. You may have learned that during the four years of training. Yes. I remember at first he was saying that you could not. Yeah, he would. now I wondered because I used to talk to Bob from Jimmy, but I wondered how much of this he did there because it was not in my church. Now the second question is, um, sometimes people go to the courthouse uh -huh. Well, well, no, no. As a matter of fact, any any time you do a wedding in the state of Michigan, wherever you do it, outside in a courthouse in a church, anything you do that pronounces them husband and wife is a legal issue and has to be an ordained minister. But if they've already been married in the courthouse and then come to the church, that's fine. You, yes, you could, theoretically. It's not very common that that happens, but it can happen. It could happen, yes. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that could happen, okay? All right? Actually, it is the head elder that has the authority to do these things. The lo local elders, not so much, okay? Um, and I'll explain that in relationship to a couple of the things that we we're talking about. It's the right question to ask. Thank you for asking that. Do you have a question? I'm sorry? Communion? Yes. The head elder can lead out in communion. Okay. Yes. And again, the head elder is... Yeah, let me come back to that because I want to explain why that is. With permission, the conference president, uh, the president uh, of the conference president, slow down, Royce, head elder can also conduct baptisms. Now, you mentioned the issue of baptisms, and I'm going to tell you that, frankly, in the Michigan conference, in the years that I've been here, um, and, and I, I know that there's going to be, let me rephrase that, I anticipate that at some point we'll recognize that we've got to adjust that. The manual allows for it, but we have also wanted to not have that be abused. And for that reason, and because of the fact that there are usually enough ordained ministers around, we have said, yeah, probably it's not the best thing to do. 
to allow the local elder to be able to do that. Because sometimes people, you give them an inch and they take a mile. Pretty soon you have all the elders wanting to do that, and then you've got the deacon, I mean, uh, just whatever. I'm exaggerating only but for the purpose of making a point. But here's, here's the next level that we have to go to, which is what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. If we're ever going to finish God's work, we've got to start doing God's work God's way. Okay? And God's way is for the minister to tarry, carry the responsibility of advancing God's work. See, Ellen White says that when you organize a church, that you ordain the leaders. But she doesn't say for the pastor then to stay there for the rest of his life. And he does, she, he, she makes it clear that what the elder needs to do is organize that church and then go out and plant another church and organize another church and do that same thing. Well, if you start actually doing God's work God's way, then you're going to have to, you, you know, the pastor's going to be out there raising up these churches out there, and you're going to have people to baptize, and you can't wait for some ordained minister always to show up to do that. If you're a head elder, you only have authority in the church that you're elected to. You do not have the, any authority outside of your local church. An, an ordained minister has worldwide authority. Okay. Yeah, right. But an ordained elder, whether or not, their authority is totally limited to the church that they are elected in. And if they, and there's one exception to that, if they, you had two or three churches in a district around each other and a couple other churches don't have uh, leadership at all, an elder can be appointed from another church to be able to assist those churches, but that's through a process, and it has to be recognized as well. Stop and think about this for a moment. You wouldn't want it to be any other way, because if you start having all the elders um, that are ordained as local elders saying going over to another church and starting throwing their authority around, when they're not elected to that church, you'll have chaos, and this happens. Okay, so you don't, a local elder does not have authority outside of the church that they're elected to. They are ordained for life, but they are not ordained for the world church. They are ordained to work in the church in which they are elected. Now, if you are ordained, I mean, yeah, as an elder, and you go from church A to church B on the other side of the state, you do not have to be ordained again. But before you can function, you have to be elected as an elder. Okay. All right, so those are all very good questions and appropriate to the situation. All right, I want to keep going here. The head elder, you notice also, by the way, I said here, the head elder can do these things, all right? I also said the head elders should, and I would add even the elders should be working together with this, oversee all the church departments, oversee and participate in the mission outreach of the church, oversee visitation and participate in the care of members and visitors, and lead in the services of the church. All of these are responsibilities of the local elder. It is their task to do this. Again, if you stop and think about that elder, I mean the minister who's ordained to gospel ministry all over the world, God wants to raise up churches. This has got to happen. We have 186 churches and companies in the state of Michigan. That's not enough. We have so many places that are dark communities where there is no church and there's no work being done in those communities. They may be, even though you may be a relatively small church, that doesn't mean that there aren't other communities out there that you could be reaching. 
but most of our churches, large or small, concentrate on either the members in the church or on a few people around their church. But they're not getting out and reaching the other communities around. Who's taking the gospel message of the three angels' messages to them? If the church there isn't doing it, somebody is responsible for it. God has given us that responsibility. And we are locking the pastors down. I'll come back to, we'll come back to some more of this here along the way. The, here's the bottom line the elders are the assistant pastors of the church. Now, this is not just the head elder. This is all of the elders are the, el are the assistant pastors in the church. The head elder is the one who guides the rest of them, uh, leads in the decisions that are made. But if the pastor is off planting a church somewhere else, keep thinking that way because that's what God's trying to do, then the head elder is responsible for making sure what happens in that church. But the problem we have, and one of the reasons we've been hesitant to empower church members to do this work and or a head elder being baptized baptizing them is we've not trained them how to do that work it's not just the act of baptism it's the act of preparation for baptism it's the work of supporting that member after they are baptized discipling them and doing that work and we don't want people to just get the idea that they get power so that they can baptize and makes everybody feel good. That's not what this is all about. It's about doing God's work thoroughly. And that's why we're trying to train in this particular regard. Now, let me take you through a couple examples of these steps. And then what I want to do is lead into tomorrow with a couple of pieces. What does it mean to be overseeing all of the church departments? That means that you don't always have to have the pastor there to hold certain meetings. Uh, you know, often as the ministerial director, I go around to a church who's not had a pastor for two or three months because the pastor took a call somewhere else or, or, or either in the conference or outside, and the church is... And a, where? In where? Oh, Okay. I was thinking Michigan. I don't know that ever happened. But you see, yeah, see, and that's it. See, you should have been taught. Yeah. And that, and and you see, the problem wasn't that you didn't have a pastor. The problem is you weren't trained to function without the pastor. That was the problem. So, good illustration, good illustration. Well, the other, the other problem is we've not trained the pastors to do this. So the pastors have been hovering over the churches because that's the way they've been trained. Part of their training has been by the church members. You understand what I'm saying? The church members expect them to hover over it. I've had church members say to me, that's what a pastor is supposed to do. And, and we don't have a pastor here that's going to, you know, visit all our members and, and care for all the non-members that are coming to church and all that. We don't have a pastor, so we can't do that. And my, my answer to that is, why aren't you doing it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. But see, I haven't gotten to all the churches yet. So here's, here's what needs to happen in that local church. 
These committee meetings that need to happen can be happening with other people doing it, but the elders can oversee that church. And they can be in charge of all of that without always having to have a pastor at all of those meetings. This is not about power. This is about mission. This is about opportunity to continue to spread the gospel message and keeping it going. There are lots of committees in the local church, including the church board and the church business session, that can function without a pastor being there. Now, if the pastor is there, then the pastor should probably chair those meetings unless there's reasons for training purposes or otherwise where the, uh, where the pastor uh, would want to uh, let the elder take care of that. But when the, pastor is, when the pastor is not there, because the pastor is off on mission, the, the elder can take over and keep the church functioning. And that is in cooperation with the pastor. So in other words, let's say you've got a business meeting coming up for your church. The pastor's off helping to plant a church, you know, 20 miles away in another community. He's really busy with that. What's wrong with the head elder holding that business meeting and carrying on the function of the church as long as it's not like selling the church or, or something uh, highly unusual like that? That needs to have some good guidance unless there's been good preparation for the elder to be able to carry that function, and that still can be done. But the work needs to be done appropriately and carefully. Cooperation with the pastor. Now see, look, when you look at the, when you look at the letters of Paul, have you noticed how Paul ran the church? Remember, no cell phones in those days, no texting back and forth, no ability to communicate, that you could tell that he was in constant communication with Timothy, with Mark, with uh, all the others that he was working with in order to get the work done. And he was in, and they would call, they would call him by letter through Timothy, and he would get a letter, and Timothy would say, now they're having this problem over there in Corinth, uh, Paul, or in Philippi, or whatever, and he would say, all right, now take this message back to them, and this is what you need to tell them, and they need to do this. Well, that's what those letters are all about. The, Paul was still the pastor of those churches, but the elders were running those churches for the three years that Paul was over doing some other place raising of a church, right? You get the, the point? That's the way the church functioned, and it needs to function the same way today until there's a church in every community and we get the work finished all over the world. That's God's plan. I, I agree with that 75%. Now let me explain, let me explain the, seven, the 25% is there are times when there are routine decisions that need to be made and it's very practical because you still are in connection with people, you can still see them, where those kinds of situations may, may work in a Zoom setting and in a pandemic that's a whole different environment. But, but I appreciate the fact that meeting in person is really the way we get God's work done. And I, I'm all for that as well. Overseeing the mission outreach of the local church is the responsibility of the local elder. Making sure that there are plans being developed to organize the church for soul winning and for ministry. 
This is not the sole responsibility of the pastor. The church can do the work and must do the work and the elders must keep that work going. See, when a pastor or a minister, an ordained minister to the gospel comes and starts a church, raises up the leadership, it should take no more than about two years to train elders, deacons and deaconesses in that local church and other local leaders to carry on the work of the church. When that minister now goes off to another place and is raising up a new church, the that church that he had raised up and has all these leaders now should still be giving Bible studies, should still hold evangelistic meetings, should still be reaching out to people who are coming for soul winning uh, questions and needing answers. That should still be going on. There should still be people being prepared for baptism. There should still be new members being trained how to become disciples themselves, all without the pastor. It should all be under the leadership of the elder. The elder and the elders should be overseeing the mission outreach of the church. If you're the head elder of the church, you should be holding elders meetings on a regular basis. In those meetings, your agenda should include your plans for soul winning for that church. Every month you should be talking about those things. And before you go into the next board meeting, you should have an idea where you're going with these things. You should be overseeing all the other departments of the church, as I said in this screen. What are you overseeing them especially for? You want to make sure that the Sabbath school department has a mission plan. How are they going to win souls in the, in the Sabbath school department? You know, there are some Sabbath schools that have never won anybody to Jesus, and that includes the children's departments. Children should be baptized out of Sabbath school classes, right? They should be learning the gospel. Somebody there should be inviting those young people of baptism age to become baptized members of the church, especially in the junior class and preparing people for that kind of experience. Why does it always have to be the pastor? Why is it not the Sabbath school class that's doing that? Why is the junior class not also inviting other people from the community to come out? Why is the Sabbath, the Sabbath school not organizing uh, VBS and inviting people in the community into the local church when, and continuing the soul winning experience? Why are the pathfinders not reaching out to the other people. Well, the elders in the, should be helping the pathfinders understand that they should be bringing other people in from the community. They should be, the elders should be overseeing um, the, the personal ministries department. Is the personal ministries department training members how to give Bible studies? If they aren't, the elders should say, listen, that's your mission. That's the reason you are personal ministries department. You're not just there for the purpose of getting up on Sabbath morning and telling everybody about um, the Bible study experience that you had week after week after week. You're supposed to be teaching other people how to have those experiences and getting them involved in all of that. And if the elders are not overseeing those departments, those departments will begin to evaporate into just doing nothing, basically entertaining members or whatever. But every department should be a soul winning entity, every department. And that includes the treasurer and the clerk. The clerk can be involved in soul winning activities. 
And I could go into a long list of, or at least a short list of what that might look like. But the idea is the mission of the church, advancing it, it needs to be led by the elders in the church. Visitation needs to be the responsibility of the elders in the church, not the pastor. You should be visiting the members of your church. You should have a plan for visiting the members of your church. Not just a plan, but an active plan that's actually being followed. You should break down all of your members. If you've got 25 active members then, and you've got two elders, then those two elders should be visiting those members on a regular basis. At the very least, once a year, but better, once a quarter. And if, you've only, if there are two of you and there's 25 families, guess what? That's 12 a quarter. That's one a week. Right? Is that impossible? No, it shouldn't be. Now, if you're bowling on Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night and Thursday night, uh, better not on Friday night. But at any rate, if you're spending all your time doing that, then you need to cut out some of those type of things. I use bowling as an example for a couple of reasons, but one of them was because I actually had a leader in one of my churches, and that's what he did on Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night and Thursday night. And I told him, he said, I said, you need to change that. <laughs> I said it a different way, but whatever, because he came to me telling me what he wanted me to do, and I told him, no, you need to do it. And when he started doing it, which was a soul activity, he stopped doing the other. I didn't even have to tell him not to do that anymore. Anyway, another story. But visitation is the responsibility of the elders. They should be doing that, not waiting for the pastor to develop that plan. The head elder knows that's the plan. Get the elders together, talk about it. How are we going to get out and do it? You don't know how to visit? You've never done visiting? Then ask the pastor to teach you how to do visiting. If the pastor doesn't know how to do visiting, oh, if the pastor doesn't know how to do visiting, then call the ministerial director and tell the ministerial director, we need some training up here. Or get another pastor locally to come and train that pastor, which would be the district superintendent should come and help do that kind of thing. I'm just saying we all need to do that work. Have the elders and deacons of the church, by the way, the elders in the what? Of the church looked after the weak and straying ones and have they realized the wavering and the, are in danger of losing their souls? That's why I said at the beginning, this is something I want to encourage you to be part of the training of deacons as well. So when I'm coming to the training of the deacons on Wednesday and Thursday, you need to be training your deacons and deaconesses as well. That is your responsibility. Remember, you're the assistant pastors of the church. That means you have authority and responsibility to be doing all this work. If the pastor's not doing it, not able to do it, or gone, you can do it. And in all three of those, it's often the case with a pastor, you're in that situation. That they are gone, or they are busy, or they're tied up in another church, or whatever. If you don't know how to do it, then get the training. Get the pastor to teach you how to do that. And again, if the pastor doesn't know how, ask for help. You can, the head elder can lead out in the communion service. That is something that you are able to do. A lot of churches have kind of stopped doing communion service. I'm not talking COVID. They stopped doing it because they either didn't have a pastor or whatever, and they felt they always had to have an ordained minister there. The head elder has the authority to lead out in the communion service when the pastor either tells them that they can they need to do it or whether there or when there is no pastor they have the authority to do it and they don't have to call and get permission to do that it's already there in the church manual 
for them to be able to do that. A baptismal ceremony. The, um, the elder can do this. I would counsel with the pastor. This is going to take a little bit of adjustment. We're going to have to train so that we have people prepared to do that. And I anticipate that that's going to happen in the Michigan Conference. Even when, although I'm retiring, this is something we've talked about, and I believe that it's coming. I'm not the one who drives this. This comes from the leadership team. And uh, this leadership team wants to get God's work done. And so we have to provide the tools for you as leaders to be able to do it. And keep in touch with the ministerial department if you're running into those kinds of situations to make sure that you can be part of that. Funeral service is basically a sermon for the family of the deceased, encouraging them. And there are tools that are available um, and a uh, handbook as well as uh, other materials as well. Now what I want to do is I want to wrap up some things here today in the time that I have left that are going to lead into tomorrow. The first thing I want to do is I want to remind you of some resources that are out there. So the resources page that you have here, please notice this. This is actually a screenshot and I know that on your paper it's like I need binoculars to be able to see it. I know the words microscope but I did that on purpose. Um, eldersdigest.org slash seminars, okay? And I'm going, to, I'm going to hit these highlights and then I'm going to actually take you to a couple of these places because I want you to see the resources that are there and realize that there are all kinds of tools that you can use um, here in order to be able to do that. So the first one is, this is for elders. And this is eldersdigest.org slash seminars. But I want you to notice, what do you see in blue um, on the right side from where elders is? What do you see? You see deacons and deaconesses. It's because there are materials on this for deacons and deaconesses as well. These are great resources for you. They're available online. And I think, how many of you have a computer? Okay. So you all have access to a computer and you can get on there and you can find this. This is developed by the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and there are a number of things in here. For example, discovering spiritual gifts, evaluating elders evaluation process. Um, I think that says hoax seminar. I gotta look into that one. Inspirational sermons, independent ministries. There are a number of different things here. Elder certificate, elders workshop invitation, number of different things that are there. But then I'm gonna show you a couple other things on there in a moment. Eldersdigest.org seminars is uh, the one that I just gave you, but, and that was still up there, I'm afraid, when I brought up the other slide and took that. The other one is Adventist Learning Community. It's not eldersdigest.org. It's called Adventist Learning Community, totally separate from the other one. Adventist Learning Community. It is uh, a resource that has been developed um, especially by the ministerial department along with Andrews University and those from the education um, area have combined together to develop this resource. It's for ministers and leaders in the local church. One of those is a course called Elders 101. I'm going to show it to you in a moment because I want you to realize it's there and it goes in depth in some of the basic areas that I already mentioned. One of them is visitation has a great training video there on visitation, and then it has some of the other things that I'll also mention to you as well. 
I went through the course myself. I found it really excellent. It was solid um, and, and good material. So Adventist Learning Community is another one. Another place to go, and this is one that's being developed and is ongoing, but if you go to the Michigan Conference website and you go to MISA.org, then there's a tab for departments. Under that is administration, then ministerial. There are resources that are constantly going to be added to that, including the videos that I mentioned to you that we have developed as well, will appear here in the not too distant future, and you'll be able to have access to them. And uh, I'm hoping that they'll be up before I retire. And the good news is that means that that will be sometime by next week, because that's when I'm retiring. So. It will, uh, it provides printed materials, uh, training videos, links, and other useful resources. And uh, by the way, I'm going to put this uh, seminar up there as well. Both the PowerPoint and the printed materials will be up there, and you'll be able to utilize them. So let me take you to a couple of these sites just so that you see this, and then tomorrow we will build on this, and I want to share some of those training materials and where they are going. Tomorrow, I also have a book for you entitled uh, Let My People Go. Now, it's called Let My Pastors Go by Wes McDonald. And uh, as Chet pointed out to me earlier, um, we happen to have this class at the same time that Wes McDonald is teaching his class. And uh, that's a very good class. So please stay here. <laughs> please stay here. I'm going to give you material, including his book tomorrow and a, a synopsis of where he's going, uh, or a synthesis of where he's going, something like that. And, um, and then his class will be available online as well, and you can listen to it as well. I don't want to lose you. So anyway, let me give you a couple of these real quick. Yes. Cody, Cody Francis is the new ministerial director. You want to write this down, because you want to know who to, he's your contact, he's your the ministerial department is responsible for training elders and deacons and deaconesses in the local church. So he is your contact, and he is the new ministerial director, officially um, you know, taking over my capacity on July 1. Fra uh, Cody Francis. And uh, right now he's the AV director for camp meeting. So you will see him at camp meeting working around there. And also, if you go online, well, I'll tell you what, why don't I... Excuse me, just go online and show you. How about this? And MISDA.org, I mentioned to you going to MISDA.org, and here's departments, and here's administration, and if you click on administration, this is MISDA.org. Oh, I know why you don't see anything. Thank you very much for pointing that out, or I would have continued to talk as though I was intelligent. <laughs> you see it now. Okay, so here's departments. This is MISDA.org. M-I-S-D-A. M-I for Michigan, S-D-A for Seventh-day Adventist.org. It's that simple. And then you look on the first page and it says departments is one of the tabs there. You click on administration and under administration you will find ministerial down here off to the bottom left and when you click on ministerial you will find resources over on the right and there will be more and more resources that will be placed here and I'm hoping even during this week to get a little bit of that done when we are settled down. Okay, go to MISDA.org 
Okay, it's actually on your, sh on your, on your last, um, on next to last slide on your notes. Okay? You see that? That's the sequence that you want to go right there. But now here's what I want to show you to you. I'll go back here to home. And if you, on, uh, on the MISDA website homepage, you go over here like this, here's the new ministerial director. And that's Cody Francis. Um, currently, uh, he's been the pastor of the Petoskey and the uh, uh, Carp Lake and the Sheboygan churches. And his associate, taking Elder Pepper's place, is uh, Daryl Bentley. And he was pastor and district superintendent down in the Detroit area. So, yeah, you'll know both of these fellows. They're around here as well. You'll be able to see them. Now, let me take you real quick to a couple of those sites that I mentioned to you. I'm sorry? He's taking West Pepper's place because West Pepper's is going to, uh, it is ready. So if you go to Adventist Learning Community, this is what you will find here. And you can uh, create a login here. There's no charge for these seminars, all right? And you create a login, it's just so that you have a connection there and you'll be able um, to develop courses and have uh, a record of those courses and so on. Um, if I log in here, let me see if I can get logged in. And, oh, naturally, this thing had to do this right now, right? It's going to take too much time. If you go in here and you browse these courses, you'll find that there are a number of courses here. One of them is Elders. And when you go to the Elders course, you'll see um, Elders 101 course. So if you just search in here, you can find this course. And when you click on that class, it'll begin to show you some of these uh, reviews and some of those kinds of things as well. Then you can re-enroll in this course and take the course by doing this. And when you do that, they want, to, um, they want you to put your email and your password in there. In other words, they want you to log in. They're just keeping uh, connection with you and provide you those resources. It helps to make sure that there aren't crazy people getting on here and creating those kinds of problems. Any of you crazy people that I need to worry about? I didn't think so. So you won't worry about doing that. I will, show this, I will show this tomorrow because I'm out of time. You are crazy for being elders, right? <laughs> um, at any rate, that's the first thing I wanted to show you there is that resource, and I'll show you a glimpse of it when we begin tomorrow. The last thing I want to show, and Levi, I saw your, your hand here, but let me do one thing real quick, and that is I want you to show you these new, because some of you came in after I mentioned this, we have a new elders training video course prepared by the Michigan Conference uh, Ministerial Department. And this is it. Hello, my name is Royce Sneeman. I'm the Ministerial Director of the Michigan Conference. And I would like to welcome you to the Elders Equipped Engaged series. We're excited about uh, being a part of this, and I have with uh, me my friend. Uh, my name is Wes Peppers. I'm the Associate Ministerial Director for the Michigan Conference, and we are thrilled about this series, Elder Shannon, because this has been a product of many years of study. We've been 
uh, researching and understanding uh, the role of the local elder, and we have some exciting things to share with you in this series, and we believe that it's going to equip you and help you engage the work and your community that God has for you to do. So I'm going to show you one of these tomorrow because I want you to have an understanding of what that resource is. I also want you to be able to see where it's going. What I want you to, what I encourage you to understand is this particular video is not intending to do what Adventist Learning Center has already done. We do not talk about developing skills of visitation in this particular video series. They've already done that in the Adventist Learning Community videos, so you don't need to worry about that. But what we are talking about here is taking God's work to the next level. And that's what I will talk to you about tomorrow. We will talk about what Elder Wes McDonald has been doing. I'll provide the book for you tomorrow. And we'll talk about some of those and these videos as well. And uh, you'll begin to see what the potential is if you and I will follow God's plan and do God's work God's way. Thank you all for being here. I want to have a closing prayer with you. And uh, then we'll be ready to go. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for your love, your kindness, your mercy, and I just pray that you will uh, be with each of these individuals as they provide leadership in their local church. Father in heaven, we are so grateful for what you are doing. We know that you have an even greater plan in mind through the working of your spirit. And we talk about that tomorrow. I pray that it will become crystal clear about the potential of finishing your work and seeing it done in this day just before Jesus returns. Go with us now through the rest of this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.